And that's what I love about these conversations on money is, is that it's not about the money at the end of the day. It really comes down to who we are as people, what we believe, the stories we tell ourselves, the confidence or lack of confidence we have. And it's getting down to what those underlying things are before we can actually change what's going on in our lives financially. Welcome to Beyond the Dollar, a podcast where we have deep and honest conversations about how money affects our well-being. I'm Sarah. And I'm Garrett. We're here to give you a space to explore your relationship with money. The guilt, stress, exhilaration, and fear. No topic is taboo. In this episode, we're going to explore what having enough looks like. When do we know when we have enough? What is a scarcity mindset and how does it prevent us from living our best lives? On that note, grab a seat and get ready to go beyond the dollar. Hey, Garrett. Hey, Sarah. <laughs> I just felt like doing that. <laughs> oh, we're back at it again. All right. So I'm really excited to talk about today's topic about enough. And I thought since you grilled me on the very first episode, I'm going to do the same for you today. So, so Garrett, how do you feel like? Script. Yeah. So, Garrett, how do you feel like when you have enough? Wow. Again, we're just jumping right into it. Yeah. For me... Having enough is really a moving target. I'll speak for myself. Sometimes in the same day, I feel like I have enough. And then two hours later, I somehow get this feeling that, oh my God, I don't have enough money. And how am I going to pay for all these things? And what was I thinking committing to all these things that I have already committed to? And it's just so weird that I think it's a mental thing. Yes, there are some people in the world, and I'm fortunate enough to not have to be one of them, where they truly do not have enough to feed their families, to pay for basic needs. But for me, I'm fortunate enough where my feeling of enough is really, it's really determined by myself. And we could dive into that a little bit yeah. more, but I just want to see if you agree with that. Is that totally foreign to you? So what's coming to my mind is the feeling. So can you elaborate on that. Yes. We talked about gratitude at the end of episode one and having a practice of gratitude is, I'm just going to say scientifically proven. I don't have the deets in front of me, but we're just going to say scientifically proven to help you feel better about your life and feel happier. And the same goes with this idea of having enough. With gratitude, if you go through this practice and say, I am grateful for what it is that I have, it helps you feel better. With this idea of having enough, if you do the same and just say, I have enough, it's really the same as a gratitude practice. And I have enough, I will have enough. It really is a self-fulfilling prophecy. And by saying, I have enough, or I will have enough, or I will manifest enough, it also changes your psyche so that you do the things required to make that happen as well. I, I like the idea of what you focus on expands. I think I'm just going to assume that's what you mean. And if we're going to talk about scientific proof or statistics or whatever, there's this idea of confirmation bias. So in a nutshell, this is totally my interpretation of it, is you believe something and you are looking for evidence of that. So, for example, if I 
believe that I'm capable of earning $100,000, which is my goal this year, then I'm going to find evidence of that. So for example, I just locked down two clients and one of them, yeah, one of them is a mid four figure contract, which is exciting. Right. And the other one, um, we're still negotiating the terms, but yeah. So, so I'm, I'm out there looking for clients that are a good fit for me. You know, it's not always about the money, but it's a good fit and that they're paying me what I, what we've, you know, negotiated. And, and I, I feel like I'm returning the value that they're paying me. And so that's a confirmation bias. But but whereas I feel like, oh no, I'm never going to make this work. I'm going to have to go back and get a nine to five. I will probably spend most of my time freaking out that I don't have enough contracts or there isn't enough work out there, for example, then I probably will have to get a nine to five. And again, not, not that it's a bad thing, but if that's not what I want, I feel like I have to do it, then that's not good. Yeah. And that brought up for me, I'm making more money than I was six months ago. And yet I've also committed to investing in things in my business that leave me with the same amount of money net that I had six months ago. And so it's really easy for me to get into this space of not feeling like I have enough. Cause when I look at that end number, I'm just like, ah, crap. Like there's, yeah, I'm doing the good things like putting money away for retirement and I have my emergency fund set up. But at the end of the day, there's still that it's coming right about even after business expenses and personal expenses. And there's part of me that wants to be saving more. And yet I made intentional decisions to invest in myself and my business and I'm making more money than I have. And yet I still get in this scarcity mindset, this lack mindset. And it's so weird because it's all relative. Yeah, no, you're totally right. For So for me, if we're talking about scarcity mindset, I have, it's something I'm still working on, but a lot better with it. I I think it has to do with my time in Australia and when I you know, came back to Canada with literally no money and was in debt. And I remember saying to myself, I'm going to sock away as much money as I can in cash in a bank account so that I would never, ever, ever have to experience that ever again. And so for me, even today, I feel like I have to have this, I can't even think of a number, but an enormous amount of money in a bank account to feel safe. And I don't even know what that is. Like safe is also another one of those very relative terms as well. I mean, yeah, you could talk about physical safety, but I'm that's not what I'm referring to right? That sense of security. And that feeling has led me for an incredibly long time to not even invest because I was so afraid that the stock market was going to crash or something. Like it'll just go back to the depression in the 20s and 30s, even though probably not going to happen, right? Never say never. But I mean, at one point I had six figures in cash in a savings account, literally sitting there because I was so afraid. And it was, yeah, it was just weird. And I finally did something with it after somebody and I were talking about you know, putting money, I think, in a stock market. And I said, oh, I have all this money, but I can't do it. And then I finally did. And what changed? Was it having someone convince you and just say, hey, you should do this? Was there some active work you were doing to change those stories? So, okay. So I'm going to write a, not a write a quote. I'm going to say a quote. And this is something that I read every single morning. And, and even, and I read it like maybe multiple times a day if I'm 
feeling really anxious. So it's a quote by Swami Vivekananda. I hope I'm pronouncing your name right. But the quote is, you yourselves are the being you are seeking. And and I realized that whenever I feel like I don't have enough or whenever I'm really scared or have this idea of a scarcity mindset, I'm always looking outward. And so when I had the all that money in a savings account, I was scared because I felt like something was going to happen that was not in my control. And I didn't trust myself enough to not spend that money and that somehow it would just go away, right? And once I started shifting my mindset to, you know what, Sarah, like you were broke, you were really broke at one time and you figured out a way out. You did it yourself, you got the job, you paid off the debt, you create all these boundaries and all of this stuff in your life and you have grown your bank account, you know, not tenfold, more than that, right? So why can't you do it again if you do lose all that money for whatever reason. And so I read this quote all the time to remind myself that I need to trust myself. I need to trust that if I need money, it's there. Um, I can trust that if I need to make more, it's there or whatever decision I'm making is best for me at the time. That word trust and trusting in yourself is huge for me just hearing you say that because what it really comes down to is do I have this feeling of self-worth or do I believe in myself? Do I believe I have control over my life and that I believe I have the abilities to make what I want out of my life? Like That is what it all comes down to because at the end, you can't control very much in life. I fall into this trap all the time where I think I can pull all these different strings and make all these different things happen. And at the end of the day, I could be that little puppeteer and just be walking across the street and get hit by a bus and it's all done. And I am in a lot less control than I think. And so just knowing the only thing I can control is me, but yet I have so much control over just how I view situations and whether I choose to do something about this feeling of lack or whether I choose to accept gratitude or whether I choose to trust myself. And like you said, I, I love that not thinking outward, but thinking inward, like that's when I think we can combat and get rid of scarcity. This is something I never, I think understood until very recently is why if you have a scarcity mindset and I've done this and I'm going to generalize people end up spending all their money. Like what is it about that idea of not having enough or looking outward that causes us to do it. And for many people, it's many different reasons. So for me, you know, I talked about having low self-esteem in the past. It was spending money became a way to make myself look awesome and cool and be this person that this idea of, of a cool person, whatever that was, right? And so it ended up basically leading me to spend all this money on and what I now consider useless crap, because I thought it would make me look amazing and I would make all these cool friends and everyone would love me and I would be queen of the world at the end. Queen Bay. Yes. <laughs> or Queen Sarah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting of how those ideas of scarcity manifest. You know, my story of scarcity has really shown up in, I was working at Sony for about two years in New York and had the opportunity to start a music production company with a couple of really good friends of mine. And yet it took me about eight months to make that leap. Even though I had from the day one, when they asked me about a year's cash saved and I couldn't do it. And what it all boiled down to is that 
I didn't feel that it wasn't that I didn't feel I had enough money, although that's kind of what I told myself. It was really that I didn't believe in myself that I was going to be able to succeed and that I wasn't good enough. I wasn't smart enough. I, I wouldn't be able to help them grow a badass music production company. And so then that translated into, oh, I don't have enough money because I'm not going to be able to make it work. And so it's going to take more than a year of savings and just went down this rabbit hole. And it led me to believe that, oh, because I, I'm just not good enough. And that's really what it all boiled down to. So it was a scarcity of intellect, a scarcity of like believing in my own abilities. Okay. So what, what made you finally decide to make the leap? A lot of prodding from one of the guys in that team. And it really took six to eight months. I can't remember the exact timeline, but I just remember he and I just hanging out over drinks and talking about it. And I'd get really excited and he'd be like, dude, we want you come on and do this. You can do it. And he even enrolled his wife in it. And it was hilarious. It was almost like their little rah-rah cheerleader team. But I did not believe in myself and it ultimately required someone else who I saw as being a total business badass, both an incredible human being and someone who just hustled his face off and made a name for himself believing in me. I was like, oh, he must then, it was almost like his confidence was infectious and he was just, he didn't believe in scarcity at all. He still doesn't. And that he is so strong in that belief that I think he kind of helped me believe in that too. Like, oh, if he sees this in me, great. He must know something that I don't. I love that. So what I'm getting from that, well, number one, so much. <laughs> number two, the first thing that's coming to mind is, is that one of the solutions then for us to, and it must, I mean, everybody, I guess, in general, to feel like we have enough, whatever that is, right? To co- combat the scarcity mindset, whatever that is to you in your life, is just have somebody there. And even if there isn't a good friend or family member, is there something or someone else we can rely on to help us? And that requires vulnerability on our part. It requires being open and honest around like those fears and doubts that we have and that we're carrying around. Uh, I know if I hadn't let him in to the feeling that I just don't know that I'm good enough to do this, he probably wouldn't have been able to speak as directly into those fears and help break them down in the way that he did. I love that. I think that's, that's so true. And just speaking of the idea of vulnerability, I think that being open and honest in about myself and my life and even my situations have opened so many doors for me. I mean, sharing sharing my story about my ex-boyfriend, that I wouldn't say I got over, I you know, I dealt with it. I, you know, all the emotions related to whatever, but it was really interesting. I still never spoke about it until I started my blog, which was about two years ago. And I remember making the decision to actually write about it. And, um, I, I still remember. I still remember pressing the publish button. I was like, I actually cried. I was like, Oh my gosh, why am I doing this? But that decision has opened so many doors for me, and it's so funny. And, and if we're going to relate it back to my income, that story alone has led me to be on stage in front of like, 
I think almost a thousand people. It has helped me networked my way to contracts. I was just on a podcast interview the other week and it was because this woman heard about this story. And so now that is being broadcast to like a million people. I think that's how far their reach is. Like, what? yeah, it, it was just, it was insane. And, and to think about sharing that moment where I was in my, you know, my bedroom, my parents' house, bawling my eyes out over $9,000 in debt has earned me. I mean, I, I can't think of it specifically, like how much I made from it, but a heck of a lot of money, <laughs> a heck of a lot of money. <laughs> And a heck of a lot of personal growth. Yeah. And, and, it, and it I think came, those go hand in hand. And I was going to say, and it came from the fact that I trusted and I trusted the universe to take care of the story. And and I feel like, and I'm tearing up and go, dang it. <laughs> three for three. And to think that I trusted the universe to take care of this story when I released it to the world. And now it's, it's no longer mine. It sounds so weird, right? This... This me being scared, not feeling left, leading me to go into debt and then releasing that story and hearing so many other women and their stories and how we bonded. Like, I remember um, I shared the story on stage. This was um, two years ago at FinCon. It's a conference. I shared the story, got off stage, and I started getting all these tweets. And it was so weird. So I was like, oh, cool. And then I actually met a few women and then they shared their stories and then a lot of them actually have since become friends of mine. And they're like, yeah, that I just feel like this This is no longer me anymore. Like, I, I trust myself a lot more. I'm able to go forth and do, you know, what the, the thing that they've done. And I just thought, like, holy crap. Like, holy crap. <laughs> I feel like this podcast has been a therapy session for me. And so maybe, like, I don't have to pay for therapists. I'll just be like, <laughs> let's just set aside an hour a week and record some stuff. <laughs> I mean, this is really analogous what we're doing on the podcast to what you did up on that stage. My hope for this podcast, what we talked about, our hope for this podcast is that we can sit down and have deep and honest conversations about money that other people don't feel that they can have, right? where they don't have the space in their lives to be able to have these conversations with people around them. And so with us practicing this openness and vulnerability, it allows other people to have the permission to do the same and to feel that I am not alone in this story, in this journey. I can now have the confidence or I now trust that I am not just this giant ball of weakness or shame because other people are going through it. And so the fact that you're crying on this podcast every time, I think means we're doing it right. That then allows other people to connect with your stories and my stories and see themselves in them and have that permission to say, I am not wrong for this. And this is part of life and other people are going through it. Let me look for those support structures around my life and think about who those people are. Yes. Thank you. I was talking, I was going to go to the idea of permission. Um, I love that. Thank you so much for bringing it up because I think the idea of trust, feeling enough when it comes to our money, you know, and I think a lot of people it, in my experience have, when they think about not enough, they think about not enough income or they don't earn enough. So let's just kind of go with that. Yeah. The idea of trust in, is, is actually in another way is giving yourself permission to do whatever it is that you need to do to 
earn more money, for example. And so again, when I wrote down that goal, I didn't trust myself enough to believe or think that I could do it. And in my head, I was like, oh, but my son's home with me three days a week. Like it takes me five hours to type something if he's having a bad day. I I think back to when he was teething and how it took me forever to write things for clients. Like I'm just thinking of all these things in my head, right? So again, not enough time, enough time to earn. And then I finally was like, no, Sarah, just trust that you can do this. Give yourself permission to earn $100,000. Even if you don't do it this year, you've given yourself permission to do it. And once I did, the opportunities came. And I told Garrett this, I think, a few weeks ago, not on the podcast, but I said, you know what, my projected income, if I do nothing differently, I will I will make my income goal. Circling back to the law of attraction, it was kind of mentioned earlier on in the episode. And I think that is what you're talking about to a certain degree where permission allows you to just say, even if I don't make it this year, like I give myself permission to go after that. And then when you have that acceptance of yourself, then you start becoming someone who manifests that. And I think people outwardly notice that whether you want to call it the universe if you want to call it god if you want to call just you become a different person when you trust and when you give yourself permission and when you honor yourself that other people take notice i use this example where a couple years into the music production company we're having some financial challenges and we're sitting in this meeting me ben and doug the three guys at the production company and we're sitting down with an artist who I could tell it wasn't going to be financially fruitful for us. It wasn't going to be a big gig. And the meeting was in like hour one and a half or so. And it was just going on and I was getting fidgety. I was getting antsy. I was like, what are we doing here? This isn't helping us. Like we need to make money. And Ben, the guy who I talked about of helping give me the confidence and the one who said, we need you, we need you, we need you. He was just sitting there as calm as could be just still asking this guy questions, really listening to what he was saying and asking himself, okay, based on the answers this guy is giving, like, how can I help him? Like what, let me ask him the questions so I can really understand where he's coming from and what he needs. That to me is when you truly trust and when you just know that things are going to work out and you say, "I, I don't have control over a lot, but I have control over me being a good human to other people, caring about them as much as I care about myself, that confidence, I noticed it. I remember it to this day. And that was like four years ago. I know the person on the other side of the room felt it and just going out there with that trust in yourself and that confidence and knowing that things are going to be okay. That is so powerful. And I think that just draws people or things, money, all of it to you. I love what you said about confidence. I think maybe that, that could be a word to describe enough. You know, when we feel like we have enough money or enough things, like for me, and I'm, I was thinking like, how can I describe it in a, a visual sense? Cause that's, I'm a very visual person in terms of enough. And I'm like, in my mind right now, what's popping up is somebody hugging my heart. That's, hmm. that is enough. Like if I can look around an incredibly messy apartment right now, yes, I I clean people, okay? Anyway, <laughs> if I'm looking around my apartment right now, I have like three boxes of chocolate-covered pretzels beside me because I bought them on discount. 
and I have my cup of water, you know, I'm looking at everything around me and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I, I do have enough. I have money in my bank account. I'm not going to starve and be homeless with a bag of jelly beans. For those of you who heard episode one, will know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and and I, I feel like someone's hugging my heart and I'm imagining a teddy bear for some reason hugging my heart. I, mm-hmm. I you know, or the snuggy bear. Is that, I don't know. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Whatever kind of bear. Whatever kind of bear hugging my heart and and it's so interesting and i and i want to circle back to the idea of, of chasing that sense of enough like you you sort of raise the bar when you're now you're spending more money in your business so is that feeling of enough permanent like when you've arrived somewhere so let's say let's say for example you are really wanting to buy this car okay that's your that's your sense of enough and you've decided that's what it is great you buy the car is that bear going to be permanently stuck to your heart and like hugging it forever and ever until the day you die? I, I don't know. No, that's the short answer. In my opinion, it is a constant practice. That's why people say you don't meditate for like four years and then get really, really good and centered. And then you say, well, I've meditated enough. I hit it. Cool. Now I'm just going to be able to not meditate ever. If that's what you're talking about for me, I see it as a constant practice to tell yourself and to reaffirm and to do the work that that means stepping back and acknowledging like I am enough. I have enough. I have I do have this teddy bear hugging my heart. And you have to remember that. It won't just come naturally. I took a course from a friend of mine a couple years ago and he had a quote that says the goal is not the goal. And it means that it's all about the journey not the destination. And what I learned is no matter what goal you get to, there's always going to be another goal after that. That's why you have people with millions and billions of dollars who want to earn more, some out of the want to grow businesses, some the want to make more money and donate to charity, some because they just never feel like they will have enough. You will never arrive. And that's okay because it is about what you learn along the way. It's just every step of the way you're going to have to remember to step back and practice gratitude, acknowledge that I trust myself and you're going to have to get back to that feeling. And I often find myself not doing that. And and like I said, it can change day to day. It just, sometimes I need to stop, literally just take a couple deep breaths and be like, I literally do have enough. And it just changes it immediately. It sounds kind of depressing to say, you'll never get there. You'll never fully arrive. And this is a lifetime of work. But maybe work's the wrong word. It's just a lifetime of learning and getting to a new place. And when you get to a new level, you just get to see. Like imagine hiking up a mountain. And each level you get up, you just see a whole other view. And then it's exciting. You just get to see more of the world the the further and further that you go. I like that analogy. And it's totally because I'm a visual person. So I'm going to now go hike up a mountain and make sure that this teddy bear will be hugging my heart when I'm at the top. (laughs) (laughs) hashtag heart hug hashtag teddy bear love i want to make that into a t-shirt really badly now (laughs) well we can do it uh just be aware dropping in may of 2018 uh heart hugging teddy bears oh my gosh i love it i love it i am so gonna quote one more quote uh, so in my in my uh, planner, I have two pages where I put in quotes. So this is another one that I really love. 
Okay, true ambition is the desire to live usefully and walk humbly under the grace of God. And that is by Bill Wilson. And I love it because it's going back to the idea of trust. It's going back to the idea of giving yourself permission and looking inwards. And there is this book, and I cannot for the life of me remember it. I'll put it in the show notes. It's this idea of this gentleman, I think is a gentleman, interviewed people who were dying and they were talking about the regrets and what they wish that they had done or, or what is it that they can remember before they pass on. And it had nothing to do with like, oh, I got a ton of handbags in my closet or I bought this car or I wish I worked more or I wish I earned more money. And it had to do with relationships. It had to do with maybe the regrets that they didn't take certain risks in their life, maybe opening a business or starting a band, whatever. Um, and so for me, this quote, really encompasses all of that is ambition, right? We we think of ambition as achieving all of these outward successes, but what if we turn it around and say, no, it's just, am I a good person? Did I do things that actually contributed usefully in society? And so for me, whenever I think about enough now is as a mother, I think, okay, am I providing enough food for my son. Uh, for example, he had six pieces of cheese for lunch yesterday. I think he has enough, right? He got a bit of a bellyache from it. You know, I think about this podcast. I think about the blog that I run, right? Yes, I, I want to think about, am I earning enough to support myself? But I also want to think of it in terms of, is someone going to take what I say and be able to use it to better their lives? As you were saying that, I was thinking kind of this progression of what is enough or do I have enough in a money sense is we've kind of gotten down another couple layers to am I enough from a sense of trusting in yourself from a do you have that feeling of confidence around who you are as a human in the world and I just had this thought of a good way to combat it is this idea if you can truly believe that you are enough not even starting with money, just like I am enough already today at 8.28 a.m. and like 23 seconds that we're recording, I am enough. And if I can accept that, if I can give myself permission to believe that, then I will act in a way. And then it starts that cascading waterfall effect of each thing that you do will come from this place of belief and trust that. I already am enough and have enough. And then that just gets back to the attraction and creates those things in your life. And that's what I love about these conversations on money is, is that it's not about the money at the end of the day. It really comes down to who we are as people, what we believe, the stories we tell ourselves, the confidence or lack of confidence we have. And it's getting down to what those underlying things are before we can actually change what's going on in our lives financially. I love it. Let's end it on that note. I'm cool with it. Booyah. Thanks for another great episode. Hashtag heart teddy bears. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Beyond the Dollar. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe so you'll be the first to know when new episodes are released. And if you can think of one awesome human who would connect with what we talked about today, we'd love you forever if you shared this episode with them. Thank you again so much for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Beyond the Dollar.